0: Hey, are you looking to buy a new car? Are you stuck in a high-rate loan and looking to refinance? Well, UK Federal Credit Union can help. Right now, UK Federal Credit Union has auto loan rates as low as 2.99% APR. Apply for an auto loan online at ukfcu.org or in person at the dealership. Get your dream car today at UK Federal Credit Union. UK Federal Credit Union. It's banking, only better. Annual percentage rate, member qualification, supply, rate of subject to credit approval subject to change. For full disclosure, visit ukfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome into episode 85 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I'm happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you?
1: Jack, I'm just sitting here going back to March 8th of last year, and for some reason we just like to get together on March 8th, don't we? March
0: 8th, it's, this was the the last time in our lives that we thought that everything was going to be normal. We were heading back from Gainesville after a last-second finish with the, the Wildcats beating the Gators. Um, you know, that was the Keon Brooks coming on there at the end, EJ Montgomery with the game-winning tip-in. I mean, that the, those were the, the good old times, the good memories, we were so excited. I remember our excitement driving back from Gainesville together. We were like, man, this team is just destined to make a run in the SEC tournament. They're destined to, to you know, go, go on a run in the NCAA tournament. Coach Cal, every time he talked, he was getting all excited and amped up about it. So, it, it's just kind of crazy looking back at it. A year ago today was probably the most optimistic and, like, excited we've been
1: in a pretty Never long time. Definitely didn't see a pandemic shutdown coming four days later. Jeez. Although I will say, Florida was the first place I had ever noticed someone wearing a mask. Remember me pointing that out in the yeah. hallway? Remember like the, I think that? The, I think that's when it first became real to us.
0: And it was so bizarre. We were like, "Huh? What in the world is that?" Okay. Yeah. Good. whatever floats your boat. A little four days down. later,
1: Rudy Gobert <laughs> shuts the NBA down. And then, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, just looking back on that trip we thought the biggest thing we'd be talking about would be Ashton Hagen's and the Snapchat video, but little did we know that that would be so far gone that I almost forgot it even happened.
0: You remember we were sitting there in the car going, all right, how do, how are we going to address this? Because we said this on the podcast. Um, you know, we kind of hinted that there were some off court things going on with Ashton Hagen's and trying to, you know, not explicitly say, Hey, there's a video of him with a, wad of cash up in his ear on a snapchat video how are we going to address this so i just remember we were just so naive it was just so cute back then just
1: we were we were young
0: little did did little <laughs> did we know we were young and naive and now one whole year later uh do we have false optimism false hope again going to the sec tournament one more time or are we just back to square one square one where we were last year
1: uh, i think there's some optimism there, obviously. It's March. and You never know what happens in March. And it it kind of, if they don't go on a run here, Jack, this kind of been an awful year, right? I mean, it's already been an awful year, but, God, can you imagine two full years between NCAA tournament, getting to watch Kentucky basketball in the NCAA tournament? They've not, nobody, that's the thing. The last time Kentucky fans got to watch their team play in the NCAA tournament, they lost a game to Auburn to go to the Final Four. I mean, like, that feels like it was 10 years ago. I mean it, it
0: it really does feel like that would like that that's a distant memory. I mean it's just wow. It's it's just crazy to think
1: of like how far we've come and and so much has changed in my life since that and that's what's nuts. Like in everybody's lives. it's sure. crazy to think how long it's been. So yeah, let's hope Kentucky goes on a run this week. I'm sure we're gonna get into it and talk about it, but uh who, who the hell knows at this point?
0: <laughs> so the, the reasoning for our uh, at least short-lived optimism, hopefully long, long-term optimism because w- we need it right now, Kentucky takes on the South Carolina Gamecocks on Saturday and absolutely – Destroys them to close out the regular season. Kentucky wins ninety-two to sixty-four. Um, standout efforts from BJ Boston, who had twenty-one points, seven of thirteen shooting, six of ten from three, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, uh, and then Davion Mintz went just absolutely nuclear in the second half. Finished with twenty points, seven to thirteen from three uh, from the field, six of eleven from three, including five three-pointers within like the first five minutes of the second half. I mean, he just went, I mean, just went bonkers. It was absurd. He also added seven assists, five rebounds. Um, I mean, just th- those two were the story the stories of the game. Olivier Sarr also added 15 points. Isaiah Jackson had 13 and 10. Uh, I mean, just really as, as solid of an all-around performance as you could possibly ask for for Kentucky. And it was when they desperately needed it. I mean, it was one of those situations where, uh, bj boston was finally knocking down the shots that we all kind of thought he would make going into the year at it at, at the rate that we expected him to i mean 13 21 points on 13 shots is incredible especially when 10 of those were three-point attempts i mean that, that that's really just about as good of a of a performance as you could ask for uh, with bj davion Mintz. just Cal kept you know kept saying over the last couple of weeks we need that dagger thrower we need that dagger thrower I mean how else could you describe a dude that goes out there and just completely throws the door open to a, an absolute just murder of of a game with with Davion Mints going you know five for five early in the second half I mean just just the you want kentucky needed a game where they felt all warm and fuzzy on the inside a game where riley welch and brandon brennan canada and kareem watkins and zan Payne who scored a basket and and cameron fletcher finally got in the game it was just kentucky needed that warm and fuzzy butterfly in their chest feeling and they finally got it uh i'd argue in the one game that they needed to the most to as they close out the regular season this god-awful regular season and head into postseason play they needed that win
1: it was a feel-good day uh, definitely one that they needed I mean how how wild right like if you if you take out the middle and you just look at the beginning and the end of the Kentucky basketball season you probably think it was another banner year right mm-hmm. uh, because they they blow out Moorhead State who ends up being an NCAA tournament team and then they blow out South Carolina like the, the only two games that they won easily all season like The other games were – they kind of struggled their way through the wins. But it was a good day. It was a good day that they needed. I think it – a big deal that the game was rescheduled because you wanted to have some type of – momentum. even if they don't win this tournament, you at least want to go in on a positive note. And you look and there are some teams in the SEC that are able to go in on a positive note, not just Kentucky. Tennessee getting a win versus Florida yesterday and and getting that four seed. You know, what does that change – Look, I'm all the time talking about changing your mindset. Is is Tennessee? Does Tennessee get to Nashville this week and show the team that everybody thought they would be? Does Kentucky get to Nashville this week and show the team that everybody thought they'd be? Uh, It's a new season. You're 0-0. Everybody is. What Alabama did in the regular season does not matter this week. All that matters is what happens the next five days uh, from Wednesday through Sunday. Now teams are going to lose and still make the NCAA tournament. Not everybody's in Kentucky's Kentucky spot, but should say this. This is Kentucky's conference until somebody decides to change it. And that's the thing. Like everyone who matches up with Kentucky this week, it's still Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not one of the best Kentucky teams, you still have to beat Kentucky at what they do best.
0: Yeah. I think Cal said it best after the game. They were asking him that, you know, those same questions. How do you how do you go into this with the mindset of one game at a time take it one step at a time don't think ahead we got to win four think it you know we got to win one game four times um, the one thing he kept saying over and over again is don't look at the mississippi the the old miss and, and florida games as you know think, go go forward with the mindset of you won those games you do, you didn't crumble down the stretch against both of those teams and and you're going into this with a six game winning streak go go into that with a mindset of you guys are making slow positive steps forward because they have been, even with the, those two losses uh, against Florida and, and Ole Miss Ole Miss was a little bit different. Cause that was, I mean, they really did um, just crumble. And and I mean, that was just a really, really exhausting, frustrating loss. One of the, one of the Might
1: ugly have been their worst, worst performance of the year, honestly. I mean, it was, opinion.
0: yeah, that, that one was, was really rough, but it, it's it's all about the the slow. Um, okay, yeah, it was it was one step back, but it wasn't three steps back. It wasn't it wasn't a complete utter failure across the board where you go, well, this te- this season's toast, this team's toast. There's nothing left. They can uh, there's nothing else they can do on the table. There were at least some small things that Cal could look at and go, all right, well, this is what we can do. Uh, you know, that was when we kind of got our first hint at, at Davion Mintz running point guard and i was like okay maybe we should give that a shot against south carolina and we'll get into that because that was obviously a very uh, important piece to, to to that and probably the biggest piece going into the sec tournament as well uh, i mean the, i think this team's mindset you you talk to the players after the game coach cow and we're going to talk to um i believe coach cow tonight during his call-in show and then two players tomorrow olivier saar and can't even remember who the other one. Keon Brooks, maybe. I Believe it is Keon. Um, and then again, uh, again, John Calipari on Wednesday to kind of slowly ease into this this trip to Nashville. But I, I think the mindset has changed. I think they are going into this SEC tournament thinking that they can win it, and that's I mean that's half the battle. I mean, the, with, with this team, it, it's all been mental the whole the whole stretch. The, the physical tools have always been there, but I just genuinely don't think that. Uh, you know that they thought they could win a lot of these games, and they just never—they never did. And I, and I think now going down the stretch, they saw that that three win that that three game winning streak against Auburn, Vandy, and at Tennessee. Um, you know, I personally wish Cal would have rescheduled a game for that to to make up for that Texas A and M postponement. I thought that kind of messed up their mojo a little bit. But um, and I also shoot. I, I genuinely think UK should have played that Gonzaga game. I, I, I know I might be in the minority here, but Khaled was in talks with Mark Few about scheduling that, you know, the number one team in college basketball going into the SEC tournament. Even if they go in, to, go in and lose, if they put up a, a strong fight against the number one team in college basketball, they at least look at, look at themselves in the mirror and go, you know what? If we can almost beat the number one team in the nation, why can't we beat Alabama, uh, you know, on Friday afternoon, In the SEC tournament, why can't we, you know, beat Tennessee in in the third round and uh, you know, win it all on Sunday? Why not? So, I I would have changed those two things differently, but I think as a whole, the mindset is still there that this team can make
1: a run in the SEC tournament, and I think that's that's half the battle. It is. It's definitely half the battle, and that's why I thought that getting a win. And BJ Boston having best shooting performance of the season, you know, in the final game it is, and then we'll get into this later. But you know, is is that his last game at Rep Arena? Is it Davion Mints' last game at Rep Arena? Uh, we don't know that yet. But it it's exciting just because the nine and fifteen, you can kind of just get away from it now. It is what it is. Uh, you can't change it. You're you're o and o. You got to win four games in four days to get back to the NCAA tournament. Uh, they haven't had a four-game winning streak all season. They've had multiple three-game winning streaks. I think every time – well, two – out of the nine wins, it included two three-game winning streaks, right, if I'm not mistaken. So now you have to do something that you've not done all year. You've got to win four in a row. But you get to play a Mississippi State team that you went to their place and beat. It's a Mississippi State team that – and this isn't jinxing them because we've said it every single time they win in the game – John Calipari's not lost to Mississippi State in his time at Kentucky. Uh, You get an Alabama team the next day that I honestly think that if those two teams meet, I would would pick Kentucky just given that they probably feel like they let one get away in Tuscaloosa in January. That I would give Kentucky the edge in that one because, look, most of the time Alabama's the eight and nine seed, Kentucky's the one. So, even though Alabama's the one, and if they play Kentucky as an eight, it's Alabama fans are probably sitting there thinking it's going to happen again. They've, I don't think – they've not beaten Kentucky in the SEC tournament, I think, since 1983, mm-hmm. if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So, like, just looking at that, there's some programs you've had success against in this tournament. I mean, let's, let's face it. Only uh, two years, I think, did John Calipari not get to the finals. That was the NIT year. And then uh, the tower hero Keldon Johnson team. Every other year, Kentucky's been in at least the finals of the SEC tournament. And, I mean, this is the time where Kentucky basketball shines, right, in Nashville. There's no fans. It's unfortunate, Jack, that you're not going to have uh, 20,000 people in Bridgestone Arena because then if you could get that atmosphere, I think I would pick Kentucky to, to, to win some of these games. But Kyle Tucker mentioned it last night. If, if Kentucky can go through a stretch of Mississippi State, Tennessee, Florida, to get to the championship game. They've beaten all those teams at least once this season. And then you got Alabama, who they probably feel like they should have beaten. So there, there's no one on that side. I don't think there's any team that Kentucky runs into in Nashville this week that Kentucky should be like, we can't beat them. Yeah. Kentucky has shown that they could beat anybody. They've also shown they could lose anybody, too. Yeah, and I
0: think that that is the part of the mental aspect of it, where they are going into this going, you know what? This season was absolutely garbage. We didn't get Keon Brooks for the first three months. And then right when Keon was kind of ramping his stuff up, uh, you know, kind of inching closer toward his return, uh, Terrence Clark ended up missing out what ended up being the whole rest of the regular season. And um, on that note, there was a, a post that kind of has slowly started to trickle out there that Terrence Clark posted, I believe on a Snapchat where uh, he he basically said something to the effect of "I'm pulling up right now, officially done being depressed" with a like hard eye emoji, and it's a picture of him in his uh, practice uniform, suited up with you know, with his socks on, with his you know basketball shoes laced up, looked like somebody that just participated in a practice. So, you, right? Um, it, it kind of, okay, Sean. It kind of feels like all of the narratives, all of the—they haven't won four games in a row. They—they every time they've gotten to that three-game winning streak, they couldn't make it to the fourth. They've been injured, you know. They've been depleted by injuries all season long. Terrence Clark quits on the team. He's, you know, he's opting out. He's this, uh, you know. There's that mysterious injury just last week where it ended up being Damian Mintz, but as soon as uh, the report went out that there was somebody on the team from a a significant player on the team that was dealing with an injury, people went straight back to the, oh, BJ Boston's opting out because he's a quitter. You know, all those same rumors and and you know, conspiracy theorists were back out in action. It just feels like all of the little tiny narratives that have pushed us along this season that have just been so frustrating, they're all coming to a head here in Nashville it just feels like what if Terrence Clark comes back what if he's practicing I mean there it was a four-week timeline and it's been four and a half weeks since uh, Cal put that that four-week timeline on it so he is technically right on schedule to to return Uh, you know I think the the general assumption was when he was declared out initially that he was just done for he would never see him in a Kentucky uniform again but we're right on pace. Why wouldn't he be planning on ramping ramping himself back up and trying to, you know, put himself back? He's not on any draft boards right now. He's not. It's not like he's, you know, holding himself out to maintain any, you know, draft stock that he has. He he's in the boat where he has to has to raise his draft stock to make this worthwhile. Not that he's trying to, you know, maintain it as it is right now. So he's he's, you know, trying to push himself back to play. Kentucky's looking at himself, going, "We have to, we have to win four games in a row. Something we haven't done all season long, or our season is over. All of this, all these adversities, all this pain, all this this struggle will be for nothing if they can't win four in a row. It just, it just feels like, what would all of this be for if they don't do this? Why not? Yeah. Like, why can't they? I mean, they're they're nine and fifteen. Well, why, why not?
1: Everything, like John Calipari." It's always geared toward March when it comes to the NCAA tournament. For the first time, it feels like it, it's geared toward Nashville. And I think that a lot of things that he said uh, leading up to, like, from the last four, for the last four weeks, it's been for Nashville. Because he knew that Indy wasn't an option until you do something in Nashville. Uh, which, which is it's weird, right? Because usually the SEC tournament is to, we play for the fans. There are, there are no fans in the building now that are going to be making the trip. Very few. But you're still playing for the fans. You're still playing for the people that are going to be sitting at home watching this. But they're playing for their tourney hopes for the first time. Like, the one the NIT year, had they just not lost the way that they did to Vandy, I think they still probably get in, but they were embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year, they're literally playing just to get into the NCAA tournament. And I think that just makes things different. But it feels like Cal has been building this – uh, you know, he's all been – he's told them they, they're in charge of painting their own picture and, you know, o and O And, like, he's been saying this weeks before the SEC tournament started. So, you know that that's been the thing. This is their NCAA tournament right now. And, you know, you hate saying that in the Kentucky basketball program because you, you don't want to – you know, SC, winning SEC tournaments isn't the goal. But for everything that this team's been through, Jack, this is their opportunity. The, all those close losses in the final four minutes, you go down here and you you get one or two, you might find yourself in a situation where you're lining up and you're playing a team that you, you have some confidence against.
0: Oh, and I keep going back to that Davion Mintz quote after the game where, like you said, Cal over the last couple of weeks has been saying the same thing over, again, over and over and over again. I'm not giving up on this team. I'm not going to quit on them. I'm fighting for them. I got them. You know, they're they're not going to be able to look at themselves and go, you know, my coach doesn't have their back. He has has gone above and beyond to make sure that these kids know that no matter how this season ends, their coach has their back. And I think that has kind of trickled down to the players and their confidence as well because Davion was asked, you know, what, what does it mean to you that this is, you know, it's kind of an all or nothing type thing. That once you get down to Nashville, that that if you want to keep playing basketball this season, you have to keep winning. And his quote, I thought, was like, "Whoa!" I mean, it, when when he said it the first time, I literally got goosebumps up, like I got felt chills up the back of my neck. It, it was it was awesome. It was it's never too late. I've got faith. God is real, and things happen for a reason. If we have a chance to go out there and play for forty minutes, it's never too late. We'll see you next week. And it reminded me. Um, and what, what's funny is it happened right after the South Carolina game as well, 2014, March 2014, Aaron Harrison is March 1st to be exact. So to the week, seven years ago, we know what we can do. We know we talk about it. Even after the game, we just, we know what we can do and we know we're going to make a run and have a big, great story for everybody to talk about. And what a freaking story that ended up being! Aaron Harrison goes absolutely bonkers in the NCAA tournament. They make a championship run. They end up losing the title game, but it was one of the most memorable NCAA tournament runs of my lifetime by far. And it, it just it as soon as Davion said that it, it it like instantly triggered back to that moment. where it's just like, you know what? This team has gone through absolute hell. They have been just you know fans have turned on him with the you know with on numerous occasions media members have just trashed him and it's just you know coach Cow Cal calling out terrence Clark after that Tennessee game saying I don't even know if is you know the doctors keep showing that uh, the tests keep coming back on his ankle and there's there's nothing there at this point what do you know it just feels like everybody has been so filled with anger and and just it's just been a bitter year from start to finish where it'd be like how else would we end this crazy year and this, this, you know, 2020 and, and just how else would it end than a ridiculous SEC tournament run? And then just giving them another chance. I mean, we're going, we're zero and zero going into the SEC tournament. And then if, you know, should they make a run and, and, and punch that ticket to the NCAA tournament, then it's officially all bets are off. We're back at square one, zero and zero on the year, write your own destiny from here. Kentucky can write its own destiny from this point forward. And I think that's what this team needed. They just needed that clean slate, that fresh. All right, yeah. We understand that that we didn't live up to our expectations. We didn't live up to the hype. But if there's ever, if there was ever any time for us to prove that we belong and that that we we were deserving of the hype that you guys gave us going into the year, it's right now. And why 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 not? Why can't they do what you know we're all dreaming up in our heads and and would would make this. Roller coaster ride of a season, worthwhile at the finish line.
1: Yeah, that, you're you're right. Look, everything that they've been through this year, it's it's nuts that the a Kentucky basketball team could experience the type of season that they did this year. You got Davion Mintz, who I don't think any of us could see this coming, but I think regardless of how this ends, he will be remembered. Let's let's say just let's just say he doesn't come back next year although we expect him to, to to use that. But let's say he doesn't. How do you remember Davion Mintz? I remember him as just Dagger a first power. competitor. The, honestly, the kind of the silver lining to this awful season. Just the passion that he played with, the fire that he played with. Imagine if he goes out here and goes on a run, though, and wins an SEC tournament MVP or something like that and, you know, just the kid from Creighton that we were kind of talking about being Kentucky's seventh or eighth man has ended up being their best player, which in large part is kind of the problem, right? Yeah. Where we didn't expect that to happen, but it's not like Kentucky's issues haven't been because of Davion Mints. But no, you're you're right. This is a chance to to go down there and erase everything that's happened. And let's say they don't win it. Let's say they just make a run to Sunday. But if they find a way to win it, this awful season will always be remembered as the year that they found a way to win the SEC tournament. And then something good comes out of it. They get a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. That's it. Everybody's playing in a conference tournament right now, regardless of record. They have a chance. They're playing for you're in charge of what happens. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like if can Kentucky win four in a row? I guarantee I'll say this. Nobody's blowing them out. They're not going to lose ugly. They may play ugly and lose a game, but they're going to have a chance to win every game that they play in Nashville. We've seen that this season. The only game that they just did not have a chance to win was the Alabama game at Rupp Arena when it comes to SEC play. I don't remember is – there, is there another one? I don't remember another one where they just did not have a chance. I think that was it. I do. Yeah. Every other game they – how many games did they lead in in the second half, Jack? I think like, – oh, I saw that stat after –
0: the Ole Miss game—it it was an—it's an absurd stat. I mean, they—they they were in position to win. Might have been every single game this year. I don't remember a single time where it was just like, yeah, yeah, no, the, yeah, this game's toast. UK's done from start to finish. They have been in position at, at either in the first or second half, most times in the second half to win these games and that's kind of one of those things it's just like either they they I really wish we got that that Detroit Mercy game or that even that Gonzaga game I mean shoot who knows what how, how that would have gone you know at this point it wouldn't have been the most shocking thing that happened this season if they somehow ended up winning that one but like it just it just feels like every single time they have been in position to win and and they're they're slowly starting to figure out how to win games at the end of you know the, the four minute the nightmare last four minutes of the of the game that we that we saw in that long stretch there you know last month two months ago it's like it just feels like all of the the negative adversities that they had dealt with earlier in the year it's like they're slowly starting to piece together you know point guard play late late game um, you, you know crumbling down the stretch those those type of issues it just feels like they're starting to figure all that stuff out right at the right moment when Cal's best teams do and this is obviously not one of Cal's best teams but it's it this is such a Cal thing it would be such a Calipari season to have the worst season in Kentucky basketball history and then make a freaking run like it, it just feels like we're this is building up for something
1: yeah, and and I won't pick them. I'm not going to pick them to win the SEC tournament. But I am optimistic that that they play their best basketball this week. That's like I, I I do think that they're they're going to play their best basketball. I think they're going to play the best that we've seen them play all season. Because you get into this atmosphere, and there's just something about it when you know that if you lose, you go home. I mean, it it brings out the best in so many. When it's winner go home, that that's the fun part, right? This is what you play for, and why not treat? I mean, that's the thing. Like, at no point do you treat the SEC tournament in the past that oh your season's over if you lose here. This is new. Like, this is new. This is new stomping grounds for for Kentucky. Like, this is a new area, Jack. Not just for the basketball team, but it's new for the fans that you're going into Nashville thinking, oh crap, our season could end before Selection Sunday. Like, because I mean, there's no guarantee right for nit or anything. So. That I'm excited about it because it's been a weird year. Why doesn't it get just a little bit more weird in Kentucky yeah. go down here and finish with a losing record and get in the NCAA tournament? <laughs> 13 and 15. Can you imagine that? Well, and making the an NCAA tournament. Who knows what seed they would be. But Cal was right when he talked about this the other day. Had they not gone on that run in 2014 and lost to Florida in the title game, where would they have been seeded? They were an eighth seed that year. If they had lost, like, first round to LSU, would they have been, like, a 12th? Yeah. I mean, they, they were barely in the tournament then. Yeah, they were bubble all season long. But you get to take your team to Nashville and to the state of Tennessee where you arguably had your best run of the season. That seven, six to seven-day stretch that they spent in the state of Tennessee in Nashville, then to Knoxville, but most of it spent in Nashville, you're right back to where you kind of got some momentum and that's changing the mindset you take those kids right back to a place a familiar place maybe stay in the same hotel I don't know you get to go back and you get to do all that again these guys are excited to play I really do I think Isaiah Jackson uh Davion Mintz I think you're going to see the best of them uh, BJ Boston's another another topic if you see the best of BJ Boston this week, And then you could probably throw out exactly what John Calipari's pitch was the other day. But <laughs> Kentucky maybe gets to the NCAA tournament. But I do think you're going to see a lot of guys play their best basketball this week. I think you're going to see them play inspired. And honestly, I mean, you you could argue they have everything to lose. But honestly, what do they have to lose, Jack? There's no expectations this week from outside. Uh, Kentucky fans, there's probably a large portion of Kentucky fans that believe, yeah, we're winning the SEC tournament yeah, because yeah. that's just what Kentucky does. And if Kentucky were 0-24, they'd probably still think that. But John Calipari needs to be telling his guys this week, look, you you have a chance. You have a chance. Any Until the final horn sounds, you have a chance. Your season is in your hands. It's up to you what you do with it. All that other stuff didn't matter. It's how do you play this week in Nashville and Bridgestone Arena? That 's all that matters,
0: and I hope our fans use this as an opportunity because they didn't get the, the warm welcome that they were kind of anticipating when they signed at Kentucky They didn't get the twenty four thousand you know deep arena uh, where you know where they're screaming their names and you know getting the, the warm welcome at, at Big Blue Madness and at the blue White game and all they, they didn't get that fanfare that they were expecting if there's one time this season to rally around this team and be behind them and, and make them feel that energy and that positive, you know, that that just that overwhelming positivity that they did not get throughout the year. Make sure it's this, this season, make sure they feel that, uh, that, that mindset of uh, that, that we can do this, make them feel like they can go down there and, and make a run because if, if, we get the fans that are like, well, you know, they're going to go down there and, and the season's over, and you know, let's start just playing ahead of next year. There's 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 nothing left to look forward to. Then they're not going to believe in themselves either. They're going to be like, all right, well, then we'll look ahead to next season too. If they go down there with a mindset that we can win this thing and that the fans let make them believe that they can do it. I mean, this has been a this has been a bizarre year. This has been a crazy year. Why can't they? Let, let's just have this be the one week that they feel your presence that, that that why kentucky fans are the best in college basketball they want to feel th- that energy that's why they came here that's why they 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 signed up to play at kentucky for this week they 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 showed up here they arrived on campus they dealt with all of this adversity all season long for this exact moment let them feel that let them let them know that you have their back and that the, the that this is a group effort going into this, that they know that, you know, backs against the wall, we have to win these games. Let them feel that they can win these games. I, I think this could be such a an empowering week for this team to, you know, kind of know that the fans are back in, you know, back in, in that same mindset of, of where they were going into the season. I, I just – I think this is a big week for the program just, just to kind of get things back to where they should be. And, and I mean, it's, it's up to Cal to, to rally around them and, and make them feel that as well. It's up to the players to believe in themselves. But, I, I mean, I, this, this, is, this could be such a cool group effort across the board, I think.
1: Yeah, and how did, how did the SEC do ticket allotment? Did they send so much to, to every school? Or how did that work? They sent individual
0: allotments to each school, yes.
1: Okay. Well, let's just put it this way. If Kentucky advances and some of these other teams go home, however many percent is in Bridgestone Arena, what are the chances it's all Kentucky fans at at some point? Yeah. Which, you know, could make a difference. It's not the 19 to 20,000, but it can make a big difference.
0: And that's what Cal said. He said, look. I don't care how you guys get in there, sneak in there, wear your mask so nobody can see who you're. you're you know who you are. I mean, he was joking, obviously, but he want he wants fans to be as crazy and obnoxious and supportive as they have ever been this week. If there's ever to, if shoot if you can't get into the game, you, you know, line up you know right next door at Ten Roof in Nashville. Go down and, and just make your presence known around the you know shoot you can be outside as the team bus arrives and wave them on and just just even if you can't physically be in the arena as it's happening just you know shout them out on social media say hey let, you know just just do whatever you can to make them feel like they can win this thing and they and <laughs> the, i mean they they will buy into it they they are already buying into their own hype about this season just keep adding to it it, it, it can do the, It can do nothing wrong to the long-term, you know, by by just supporting these kids and letting them know that, that, you know, you have their back.
1: Speaking of buying into uh, the most interesting thing from Saturday, it wasn't the win. It was John Calipari's post-game press conference. And like it has been all season, Jack, that's where our content, that's where our discussions have all come from. And a lot of it negative. I mean, for most of the year. Cal said, "I thought the wrong things, but he said something Saturday that it was a weird transition. I did not expect when he got asked about B.J. Boston for him to transition to Emmanuel quickly. P.J. Washington, uh, but it, it was work ethic. That's what brought it. You know, a kid who lives in the gym that's that's getting better, and then it was Emmanuel quickly come to him and said, hey, coach, I'm coming back, and I'm going. You're. I'm. Nobody's going to outwork me. Nobody's going to outdo this. So I ask you this." I think we've all thought it at some point. Wow, B.J. Boston next year, what would it do to this kind of glaring hole that we look at Kentucky's roster for next year? Obviously, they need a wing scorer, right? That's the thing that we've been keying in on. They got the post play. Uh, You expect, you know, Nolan Hickman, hopefully better point guard play, but if you get Davion Mintz back, um, experience is blended in there. But there's a missing piece. You need a wing scorer. B.J. Boston, are you starting to buy into a possible sophomore year, given what John Calipari said? Because I'll tell you this, Jack, he was speaking to someone, and if it wasn't directly to B.J., was it to the NBA when he was talking about scouts being honest with these guys? Is he saying that he hopes that those scouts are honest with B.J. and those guys that evaluate, or was this a thing that maybe it gets in B.J.'s ear, too, that, hey, you can come back and you can have the exact same success that P.J. Washington Emmanuel quickly did. Are you starting to buy into a possible sophomore season? And let, yeah, let me let me read the whole quote because
0: I think I, I agree. It was it was so telling at the time where it was just like, okay, that like red flag. Something about that did not add up in my head. Like like he had a point. He was making a point to somebody. So he says. Uh, let me tell you why I stick with him every day. I look in that gym and whether it's after practice or whether it's the morning, and he's in there like some other of our better players. Here's the issue for him. It's not mental. It's physical. He's physically not able to do what his mind is telling him to do. And I'm trying to get him to make the easiest plays, catch and shoot, one dribble pull-ups. If you get to the rim, try to get fouled because it's not anything mental. It's more physical that, you know, holds him back a little bit at this point. So entirely, about his own play i mean that that's you know they asked, what do you, you know what do you make of of you know bj boston kind of coming on late at the season and kind of kind of finding his footing that was his, the first step of his answer he there wasn't a follow-up there wasn't anything this cow went straight into this next into this next quote he's never lost the fight the stuff has been hard for him it's also it's eye-opening to know as an individual play, player man physically this is I'm not where I need to be physically, and so we've had other guys. It's like Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly walked into my office and said, Coach, I know you said this would be hard. This is after his freshman year. This is way harder than I thought, and I didn't have a good year, but I'm coming back, and you watch. No one will outwork me. Those are the, ki- those are the guys that should come back. That mentality, P.J. Washington, that mentality. I'm not coming back to do showtime. I'm coming back to say, hey, this is my team. I'm coming back because I'm going to do to get better. And I can accept that I didn't play the way I need to play. And this is harder than I thought. Um, and then he continued, you know, talking directly about the, the draft process itself said, uh, every kid I'll spend three minutes with these with each of these kids. I don't spend much time on this. I'm not trying to. I like when I when kids go through the process, because the the teams aren't going to lie to them they're going to tell them the truth. Going through the process is good. Whether it's any of these guys, you can't be delusional because if you are, it'll catch you. You have to be real and you can't blame anybody for your performance. You own it. And then you say, here's what I can do and how I can get better. Sean, he goes from talking entirely about BJ Boston as a physical player and how, you know, he could have used that opportunity and said, yeah, this is kind of who we thought he was going to be going into the season He's finally making the shots that we knew he he could make when we recruited him. Um, It's going to be a fun postseason. You know, he he could have easily turned that into a "we'll see what happens" type quote, but he goes out of his way to mention specifically Emmanuel Quickly and P.J. Washington with the uh, those are the guys that should come back. Where do we get to that point? And that's where. You know, everybody that I had talked to going into this this season said his bags are packed. He's not even going to unpack them. This is a one year. Doesn't matter how this season goes, he is he, he's going to the NBA. Same same was said about Terrence Clark. Those were the two absolute guarantees to leave this season. And even at his worst struggles, you know, to begin SEC play and and you know the first couple of weeks of that, I was absolutely one thousand percent set on him going to the NBA. Or and and you know z- you know zeroed out in my mind that he w- that there could change his mind or whatever, but I kind of did a little bit of more research, and I went down and, and kind of looked at all the mock drafts and, and saw where he was kind of that that range. Um, Hoops hype has him now. That was the most recent one that just came out. Number twenty one overall. NBA Draft Net twenty one. Tankathon number thirty six overall. Second round. CBS Sports, number 27. NBC Sports, this is the highest he is anywhere uh, on the internet, number 16. ESPN, number 26. So usually it, it, he's somewhere in that 21 to 26 range, depending on where you that, – that's about his average. He went into this year as the as a surefire top five, at minimum top ten draft pick. So for this argument's sake, let's say the number four draft pick this season. I looked up at the the rookie uh, rookie draft scales this offseason or this past year. Patrick Williams is the number, was drafted number four overall. His total four-year salary in the NBA is $32.1 million. I went down to number 26, you know, just kind of – well, let's just say Emmanuel quickly, number 25, a, a nice round number. His four-year salary is $10.8 million. So we're talking a – a $30 million difference between the number four draft pick and the well let me see $32 million to 10.8. So yeah, 20 $21 million difference between those two those two things. So this is not a a cut and dry, oh well he can bet on himself by going pro. You know, he's this is a this is a very expensive season for him. And Sean BJ has always struck me as a guy that that is willing to bet on himself in a you know most people could look at that and go okay well what if he goes back and he has an EJ Montgomery year where he doesn't raise his draft stock at all what if he comes back and he has a an Ashton Higgins year you know that those second year everybody talks about Emmanuel quickly and PJ Washington but what about the the flip side of it BJ Boston to be totally fair, does not have the mindset of E.J. Montgomery. E.J. Montgomery wasn't willing to put in that same work that B.J. Boston is in the gym all day, every day. And there's a reason that Coach Cal was willing to already put him in that same grouping as P.J. Washington and Emmanuel Quickly. It's because he knows. He looks out that window every single day in his office and sees that he is the hardest working player in the gym. His shots just aren't falling. And that is And that's like the one thing that that we saw just this last game. He can make shots. He has done this. He is a three an elite three level scorer that just hasn't adjusted well to the college game. And as Coach Cal said, it's physical. He's just he's not being able to you know, he he needs to hit the weight room, be able to power through on some of these layup attempts so he doesn't do the flips you do that Cal says, you know, and just you know, keep working and tweaking his shot to make sure that he can be the the high level scoring guard that we all anticipated him to become i truly think bj boston is the type of player that could that right now is a late first round pick could be anywhere from number 20 to number 30 you know the last pick in the first round and if he came back and played the way we all anticipate he is the type of guy that could go right back to that top five draft pick and be a 40 million dollar player 30 million dollar player have a a a truly life-changing I mean, any first round pick is life-changing money, but a truly generational salary by postponing his NBA draft decision one season. I still don't think I'm willing to buy into it that it's like, it's happening. You know, I I don't want to get people's hopes up on that front, but it wouldn't be a bad decision. It would be a great decision on his part to do that. And we said on the show several times that that this might be the offseason that coach cal gets gets a little selfish and that in a good way where he's like look you know i usually i'm all for just pushing you out and saying go go reach your dreams but you can reach your dreams even better by coming back and and kind of hitting restart and doing what you're capable of doing at the at this level for one more season before being a top 5 draft pick next season i think he's absolutely capable of doing that
1: i agree and it like i said there there's a need for b j. Boston, you know who you know what I mean like when you, when you look at it, does does b j. Boston need Kentucky more? does Kentucky need b j. Boston more next year? I, th- I think it could it's one of those things where if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours and i'm not I'm not ready to jump on board saying it's a done deal that it's happening, but it's something I'm going to pay close attention to, and I could see it being one of those decisions that goes all the way down to the final hour. Like, I think that there's going to be – if he – you're right. You know, we we were told what? B.J. bags packed mm-hmm. out the door. This hasn't been the season that we thought it was going to be for him, obviously. But you could easily see him turning into an all-SEC, all-American top player next year. Right now his game is jump shots. If he's not hitting jump shots, he's not giving you anything on the offensive end. He's not strong enough to finish – in traffic. But another year in an, an, a normal offseason, a full offseason in Lexington in the weight room with Robin those guys, it would take his game to another level. I mean, you look at his numbers this season and uh, what was it at one point
0: he was down to like 17%, 16% from 3. He's already pushed those numbers up 12 points per game, 36% from the field, which is not good. That's that's the number that that NBA teams are going to be looking at. He has to find a way to be more efficient. But his three-point percentage is already back up to 30.3%. I mean, that's respectable after starting the year in abysmal. I mean, 16, 17%, uh, 79% from the free throw line, averaging four and a half rebounds a game, uh, 1.4 steals a game. I mean, he he's he, his numbers are starting to turn around to where you can be, you know, confident and you know, that you know that he could come back. And easily top all those numbers but with you know he, he he could come back and be a 16 17 point per game score maybe even like 18 point per game scorer on that you know if we could get him up to 45 percent shooting from the field and 33 percent from the three-point line 80 uh, percent from the free throw five rebounds a game three assists a game and a steal a game that's top five draft numbers he will be a top five draft pick if he does that and that, I mean, that isn't, that isn't an attainable goal. That's something he could look at and be like, that's, that's something I can do. I am confident. He is such, he just oozes confidence. I mean, this is the dude that the first time he ever stepped on campus, he said, I'm going to be, I want to be the best player to ever play. You don't do that unless you actually mean it. Like, yeah, th- this is the type of guy that spends all day, every day in the gym. He could look at that and go, I can, I can, average five more points a game I can average you know I can get my shooting percentage up nine percent I can get my three-point percentage up three percent you know all those numbers are what we anticipated him to have and he's not that far off really when it comes down to it at the end of the day and I think Cal's gonna have that honest I think this could be the first opportunity that Cal has that that open honest conversation with a guy that was a a can't miss first round draft pick going into the year you know top five top 10 draft pick going into the year where he looks at him and he says you need to come back and you're going to be the best player in the sec and you're going to be a top five draft pick you just you're you are i mean this it it might suck you you might look at yourself in the mirror and go oh i'm a failure for not making it in one season like some like cal says over and over and over again that you know that, that, but like he can, he, Cal, this could be an off season that Cal flips the narrative for all of the fans that that hate the one and done era that that think that guys like B.J. Boston are the ones that should be coming back. And they, I mean, they could they could flip the script this season, this you know, this off season, and it would be I mean, it would be an absolute game changer to get a guy like B.J. Boston
1: back for a second year because that just doesn't happen at Kentucky. It it doesn't it does not and that's the thing that i'm not going to get my hopes up too much about it but you tweeted that picture of him <laughs> when he was younger <laughs> called him your young his your young king and i was people were i was like who is this and then i looked and i was like man that's that's baby bj boston uh, no it, it would be fun to see him at kentucky another year but you know kentucky fans they're i don't think they're going to allow themselves to attach themselves to that until they know it's happening for sure sure i mean how many That's times fair. have kentucky fans done that and then over the years they just get after the rug pulled out from underneath them at the last minute yeah. kevin uh, Knox and bam Adebayo bio and
0: i mean you got on the list there there are a bunch of those guys that there are always the reports right before the the draft decisions where they go out and go oh it's 50 50 it's
1: 50 most almost every time though That is created from us, the media, you know, writing or not from us, but it's a parent saying things. Yeah. This was John Calipari who transitioned. And that's, I think that's the thing, like, as soon as he said that, I was like, wow, this is the, this is the story of the press conference. Now, like, this is the story we're talking about. At first I thought it was going to be Cameron Fletcher, but then it ended up being BJ Boston. But Cameron Fletcher, too, how great was it to see him finally get out there and just have something good happen from everything he's been through? It'll be interesting to see in four or five weeks if that was building for next year at Kentucky or if that was his moment to show that he had improved and bettered himself in the whole situation in the final game of the season. That's the last chance he's probably going to get to play. Is that kind of his send-off? Or is that a build on next year, Kentucky type thing?
0: You know that I am as big a Cam Fletcher fan as there as there is. I mean i I drove out. I drove five hours to go see him in St. Louis. I sat with him all day and talked with him and talked with his parent. You know, talked with his mom and talked to his friends and talked to his coaching staff. And there is. I mean, I mean it's it's really hard for me to root for a kid more than when when there are. And it, there, were, there were some people that kind of reached out to me and they were like, oh, there there aren't people doubting him around his camp and, you know, all that stuff. And it's like I said on this show that there are people in the St. Louis area that did not think he would make it at Kentucky, that they just said this is not who – he is not a Kentucky kid. And I've said that to – like I, I've said that to his mom. I've said that, you know, in the interview that I had with him, you know, talking to him off you know, there – there is – there is a a select group of people out there that do not think that he is going to make it, that, that he wasn't going to make it at Kentucky. And for that reason, like I've always, I've always had a soft spot for Cam Fletcher. Like I've, I've always, I always have, I've always wanted him to make it because, you know, it's just one of those things that, when there's a kid that has gone through a lot like you know I I did a a long feature on him of you know where he came from he he told me himself that a lot of people where I'm from don't make it out and you know there's a high murder rate where he's where he lives and I mean it's just he's had a a tough go of it for for his life and I I I just I'm rooting for him I want him to succeed I want him to make it at Kentucky I want him to prove everybody wrong and he had a, a speed bump earlier in the year. Something that I am not excusing the behavior. Uh, there's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we know about behind the scenes that I am not excusing. It's not, it's not excusable. But I don't think that should be his defining moment at Kentucky. I want Cam Fletcher to 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 stick it out for the long run, and and be be the multi-year high energy deandre liggins type guy that guy that just comes in and and you know he's gonna be a workhorse on defense he's gonna you know be a a high energy guy he's gonna be an athlete he's gonna give you an alley-oop every once in a while he's gonna you know get the tough rebounds he's he is the perfect guy to have on your roster that could help you win a national championship at the end of the day and i just i just really hope whatever happened between you know the the him and and coach cal and and just I want this I want the story to be a good ending not one that uh, where we go what if and he transfers to St. Louis or transfers to Missouri or whatever the case is so yeah I I thought that moment where he got in the game you know he uh he got that dunk in transition he got that really tough rebound he a couple strong defensive efforts I was like boom yes this is exactly what we need to see I know it's in you know garbage time and and doesn't really mean much at the end of the day, but he needed that moment. Just, I mean, it was just, it was, it was such a good, a, a, a feel good game for Kentucky on on all fronts. We talked about the other the, the other sides of it, but yeah, Cam. I mean, it extends all the way down to the bottom of the bench, and and I, I'm I'm just really pulling for Cam. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that he sticks it out for the long term because I do think he could be a, a very very impactful and very good player at the end of the day, Kentucky.
1: Same here. It, it was good just to see him get out there and have a moment. You know, got a dunk. Uh, the bench loved it. It was good just to see K- Cal empty the bench for one time, right? You know, the, yeah. they don't get to do that often. I know. Sam Payne got a basket. It was it was a good moment. It was a good feel-good moment going into the SEC tournament. Uh, it wasn't senior day. Senior day was, unfortunately, the week before. So, But Davion Mintz, all those guys, they got to win the last game in the Rupp Arena. A, a year Kentucky finished with a losing record in Rupp Arena, something I don't think I'd ever – even with the losing overall record on the season, I never thought that Kentucky would finish with a losing record at Rupp Arena. But uh, a lot to be excited about this week just because I look at it two ways, Jack. Either they take us on a run that we'll never forget, or we get to officially just end and bury the season. Nothing bad Nothing bad can happen in Nashville this week. Yeah. I, I look at it as either you're you're finally over this, or – they do something that none of us expect them to do. so that that's just how I look at it going into going into a big a big, big week here in Nashville, Kentucky, Mississippi State, obviously, that was the Dante Allen game. I mean, they needed Dante Allen in that game to even get it to overtime and then to eventually win it. Dante Allen hasn't lived up to that performance like we've not that was that's been the outlier of his season, but hey, Nashville's a new thing. You never know what's going to happen down there this week at Bridgestone.
0: Yeah, I think the only scenario that would kind of break our collective hearts just one more time is if they make a run, then make it to the title game, and then end up losing. I think that would be the – you you get right on the cusp of that magic and then just have the rug pulled out from you. So that I think that would be the only thing. But I, I, I do I, – I just have that sense that there – there's there's magic to be made the cow cow's hyping it up the players are hyping it up it just feels like it's gonna be a good week in Nashville. I'm certainly looking forward to it Sean um we're gonna I, I told you before the show started we'll tell our listeners this is gonna be rapid fire week for our show We're gonna go um you know back to back to back hopefully hopefully if they make this run that we're kind of Hope, hoping for we go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four straight podcasts for, um, you know, just kind of get this busy, thing busy, busy. It's going to be busy. Um, and on that note, it, it's kind of been busy for us. And and when when UK hit that losing streak, and it's it kind of just a disappointing thing. We kind of lost track of the uh, the KS KS Bar gift card giveaway. So we're gonna we're we're going to go all in on that again leading up to the SEC tournament, going into the SEC tournament. And that's going to be our uh, good good juju type momentum on our end. We're going to do it for every single game. Uh, we're going to start with this one. So reach out to us, either, um, you know, either of us on, on Twitter, doesn't matter, with a halftime score and a final score of the Mississippi State game. And we'll go from there. Hopefully, I think by the end of it, if, if they go – if they make it to the title game, we'll be giving away our last set of gift cards at the SEC Championship. So why not? If we're if if we're talking magic, let's just let's just let's just talk magic here. So uh, yeah, send that in to us, either of our Twitter accounts, send it in to David as well if you want. Uh, we'll we'll definitely make that happen. And uh, we'll go from there. On that note, let's real quickly before we end it, have a quick message with our friends at UK Federal Credit Union. The University of Kentucky Federal Credit Union has been a proud partner of the Big Blue Nation for over 80 years. As a locally owned business, we are a proud supporter of the University of Kentucky Wildcats and all its fans. Whether you are a UK employee, student, or fan, there's a place for you at UKFCU. We are a full service financial institution offering a wide array of products from checking and savings accounts to credit cards and mortgages. And with your accounts, you have access to new and improved mobile and online banking with enhanced features. Apple Pay and Google Pay and over 65,000 free ATMs, all while typically offering better interest rates on deposits and loans and having fewer fees on your accounts. UKFCU has all the perks of a big bank but we are local and right here at home. So come on over and learn about what UKFCU can offer you. Visit ukfcu.org to learn more. Go Big Blue. Membership eligibility required, federally insured by NCUA. All right, and with that, we will get the heck out of here and prepare for Uh, this magical SEC tournament run that Kentucky is inevitably going to have. Sean, uh, this is another great episode, a lot of fun talking with you. I appreciate you joining me. Uh, Where can fans find your work?
1: Uh, You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. And, Jack, hopefully we can be even more energetic this week. Like, just get some exciting basketball in here, and we'll be – We'll definitely be gearing up and getting ready to see what exactly happens on Thursday. I'm right there with you. It's going to be a great time. Find me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim
0: KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at KentuckysportsRadio.com. With that, we will be back later this week with another Jam packed Sports Say podcast.